Good morning, Oakwood. Come on in from the lobby. Come on inside. Welcome, everybody. Happy New Year. Glad to have you here on the first day of the year. We're glad that you're with us. Everybody's still being very social. That's very good. All right. So I'm sporting a new mug this morning. This one was given to me for Christmas. It says, Truth and Grace, Psalm 139. It's all, all PD stuff, and it's got buttons all over the place. I, I was telling somebody, I think it might start my car. I don't know. We gotta. And then I was talking about how cool this mug is, and Meg showed me her mug. Meg's actually is controlled by an app. So she has one-up my mug big time. And then this morning I was handed a, another Contigo mug that has Harley-Davidson logos on it. So I am so blessed. So I'll be drinking coffee in style this year. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Hope you had a wonderful New Year. And again, it's glad. It's a great thing to be able to celebrate the first day of the year together. So thank you for coming here and joining us. Let's pray this morning. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we could be here together as a church family. We thank you for the great family here at Oakwood and what that means. God, we pray on this first day of the year for effectiveness. We want to be effective in what we do, what you've called us to do. So God, I pray that you would uh, guide us and direct us, be our focus, help us to not stray, uh, but to stay true to what you've called us to do and to be. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you might be feeling a little off because we didn't start with music. I really thought about it, but I saved you from it. None of our worship teams were available today. So I thought about grabbing the guitar and just going for it. But I thought, no, they, they hear me enough. So we're not doing that this morning. We're not actually doing a worship set this morning. It's a different kind of a day. Uh, today, the first Sunday of every year, we do what we call the State of the Church Address. It's an opportunity for us to communicate with you where we've been, where we're going, who we are. Uh, and a lot of it's a repeat because uh, you're going to find out this morning uh, our mission never changes. So uh, we're going to talk about what that mission is uh, this morning. So uh, we're glad you're here to hear that. We are blessed today to have some of our missionaries with us. We had missionaries with us last week. We have missionaries with us today. And so Dave and Sylvia Schutz are going to come to the stage. And I'm going to hand them a microphone. And it is great. Give them an Oakwood welcome this morning. I'm going to turn this over to them, but I'm not going to give them my coffee. So, Dave, thank you. I don't like coffee anyway. Oh! So your coffee is safe with me, but watch out for my wife. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Um, Every time we come here, there's some new faces, so some of you don't know me. Uh, I've been involved with the Oakwood Church since I was about a week old. So I've uh, followed the church over the years. I'll let my wife say hi. Hello, everybody. Very glad to see you, to be here in this new year. And we all hope, of course, that it'll be a very special year for all of us. And if you think she speaks English with a slight accent, she does. She speaks it well, but she's originally from Switzerland. People always ask me, is your wife American or French? No. (laughs) She's from, she's German. Oh, what part of Germany is she from? She's not from Germany. She grew up in Switzerland. If you want the story of her life, you can see us in the foyer afterward, and she'll tell you all the details. In any case, uh, I grew up in the Oakwood Church, real little. I got involved in uh, 
Brown City Missionary Church in my teenage years, but still was always considered as part of the family in Oakwood. And in the summer of 1976, I went to France for the summer, just for the summer, on a missions trip. And the Oakwood Church helped cover the cost. And when I was there for a summer, <clears throat> I felt a clear direction from God to go back for a longer time. And so I was back in the States in the fall, and of course spoke at the church. And the day that I spoke, I hadn't even talked to them about it, and they announced that they would start supporting me. And the Oakwood Church has supported us. Well, it was me at first, because I was single back then, but that's once I got married. Every single month for over 46 years on the mission field. Oakwood, <clears throat> Oakwood was the first church to start supporting us, and you're still doing it today. And we really want to thank you for that faithfulness over the years. Our ministry has changed quite a bit over the years, too. You can imagine that after 46 years on the mission field, uh, I've done a lot of things, I've seen a lot of things, I've gotten a lot of experience. I certainly don't intend to give up missions now. <clears throat> as long as I'm physically able to, I want to be involved. But more and more, the focus of my ministry is on training Christian leaders in French-speaking countries. So we live in France, but I teach at a Bible school in Switzerland, and I also am involved in French-speaking countries in Africa. Uh, and my, my big focus today is <clears throat> how can I prepare the next generation of leaders? It's not that I'm getting old and want to retire in Florida, but I know that I'm not going to be around forever, at least not in this world. I intend to be around forever. I hope you do too, but not in this world, okay? Just want to be clear on that. But uh, who's going to be there when I and those of my generation are no longer there? And I really have a heart for young people. And I've, I've been blessed to see people that uh, I saw as kids grow up and get into the ministry. I remember one guy, uh, he was a troublemaker as a kid. He grew up in his teenage years, he came to the Lord, and <clears throat> he went on to become a missionary in Afghanistan, of all places. They had to pull out when the Taliban took over, but that shows you how God can really change someone. I mean, nobody, when this kid was 14 years old, nobody would have thought that he would have a heart for missions or even for God. And I helped train him. Um, I've helped train others. I mean, I've, I've got so many. I've counted. I just counted. I have had over 700 students at the Bible school in Switzerland over the years. And a lot of them are on the mission field today. A lot of them are active in France as pastors and youth workers and so on. That's a real privilege. And that's what we're doing. So that's where your support is going. It's to basically training church leaders um, it's been three years now since I've been able to go to Africa because of COVID. Uh, I miss Africa very much. So this year, I fully intend to get back to Africa because there is a great need for training in Africa. And the supply of 
French-speaking Bible and theology teachers who are at ease with the African culture and with living in Africa is kind of limited. So they really want me to come back, and I really want to go back, so we'll be continuing to do that. Um, <clears throat> after the service, we'll be out in the foyer, willing to talk to anybody that wants to talk to us, if you're interested. But I'd like to use the rest of the time I have to share with you a passage that really kind of struck me lately. And I'm sure that you've seen this problem also. As Christian workers, we get all excited about something, and we say, everybody needs to do that. And it never works. You never get everybody on board. And you know, in Acts chapter 10, God kind of strong-armed Peter so that he would go speak to Cornelius and and God saved Cornelius and his family and and then when Peter came back to Jerusalem instead of all the Jews instead of all the Jewish Christians celebrating yes God really did a major work there they said you went into the Gentiles house and you ate with them and then Peter had to convince them and so on and <clears throat> so Peter had to explain the whole thing and they finally came to the conclusion uh, let me read it, because I'm more used to the passage in French than in English. Uh, Acts 11:18. when they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then God has granted, even unto the Gentiles, repentance unto life. Yes! They finally got the message, right? No. Verse 19, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. We've always done it that way. We continue doing it that way. God is the God of the Jews. That's our people. And these foreigners, we don't want to worry about them. That's what most of them are doing. And the next verse says, Some of them, however, a few men, Men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Some of them said, Jesus said, every nation, under the ends of the earth, we've seen that that's what God wants, and we'll do it. We'll dare to do it. And we don't even know their names, but they changed the world. Today, the Christian church touches every nation on the face of the planet. I can remember when I first got involved in missions, they talked about four countries where there were no known Christians. In every one of those countries today, there are Christians. They're severely persecuted, but they exist. And all of that because a few men dared to say, we will break out of the mold, we will let our lives count for God. And that's the challenge I want to leave with you for this new year. We really appreciate your support. And that, that counts. It really does. To know that you're giving, to know that you're praying for us, to know that you're interested in our work. But sometimes there's more. The question is, how many are willing to say, I will do whatever it takes. I will tell God your way is fine. Even if it 
means going to the Greeks. <clears throat> Even if it means foreign missions. Whatever you want, I will do. That's the challenge that I'm leaving with you. I know very well that not everyone's going to do it. Not everyone is going to say, okay, I will make you my priority, make your work my priority. But I challenge every one of you to be one of those few people yeah. who are willing to say, that doesn't mean I'll go to the foreign field, but that if I don't go, it's because God is leading me not to go. Mm -hmm. We need people who are back here doing yeah. what you have to do. But it won't be that I'm not going because I don't want to. It will be I'm not going because that's not God's place for me. But what I want is to do whatever it takes to make a difference for God. Yeah. That's my challenge for each one of you for 2023 is to say, Lord, how can you use me to advance your kingdom in Oakwood, in the area around Oakwood, and in the world? <clears throat> And who knows where that could lead. The day that I told God, I think I was 20 years old at the time, and I told God, okay, I will serve you wherever you want and however you want. I never dreamed that it would take me first to France and then to the jungles of Congo and Madagascar. And so I never dreamed it. I've been absolutely thrilled to be part of that work for so many years now, and I hope to continue it for quite a few years still. But that's God's doing. It's not up to me to choose where I'm going and what I'm doing. Let God lead you so that you can be one of the few people who say, I'm willing to break out of the mold and not just settle for being a good Christian. But I really want my life to count for God. Thank you for all you do for us. We hope to see you in less than five years next time, provided we don't have another pandemic to mess things up. <laughs> And as I said, if you want to talk to us in more detail, we'll be out in the foyer afterward. Wonderful. Thank you, Dave and Sylvia. Thank you. Before you sit, let's pray for you. Let me, let me pray for you. Yeah. Father, we pray for Dave and Sylvia, and we thank you for their ministry. We, we pray for their effectiveness. God, we're thankful that they're preparing in the next generation. And God, we need leaders. Um, we're thankful for people that have served for a lifetime, but I pray they would have someone there when they are no longer able to be on the field. And so, Lord, we're just thankful that they are doing that. We pray for them to be able to get back to Africa and to be able to serve there. And God, we just pray that we would continue to hear from them and, and be excited about what's happening. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. It's always good to hear live from our missionaries. Hope you appreciate that. Uh, with that, I should probably remind you that our missions team has been really active. They've been working. Most of their focus has been on uh, Dave and Dana because we're working on getting them back to Turkey, obviously. Uh, but they are working, and I expect in the new year to continue to hear from our missionaries, know more about what they're doing, so we can be more than just a check that shows up once a month. We want to be more than that. And isn't it great to hear about a, a long relationship with somebody. That's so encouraging for Oakwood to hear uh, about people we've been connected with for so long. So we're thankful for that.
We're going to go into a, a time of communion, the Lord's table, and there are elements on the back. And so if you did not get one, go ahead and run to the back, grab one of those right now. I'd encourage you to grab yours and maybe open up the bread section. Again, these little uh, things have uh, bread at the bottom and juice at the top. If you open the juice first, you're going to make a mess. So uh, open up the bread first and take that out, and then we will go into uh, a time of communion this morning. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. encourage you to go there with me. Take a look at this passage. And it is a good thing that we start the year out like this, not only for community, being together as a church, but also just to start the year out remembering what the Lord has done for us, recommitting ourselves to being on task. And so it's a good thing that we start the year in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We always kind of read it backwards. We're going to read verses 23 and and onward, but 27 gives us the warning. It says, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. He goes on to talk about issues that have arisen because of that. He then deals with the church uh, being selfish. He talks about don't show up and, and want to gorge yourself on food. You don't come here to feed your bellies. Uh, that's not what this is about. And if you've come for that, you're going to be severely disappointed because it's just really a small biscuit. But the point still is, if there's selfishness, if there's self-seeking um, uh, desires, that again goes against love. Remember, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness because the the deeds of love are selflessness. And so I I believe the instructions here were don't come selfish because if you come selfish, you can't do the center of the mark. The center of God's mark is love God with all you've got, heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, and love others more than yourself. So love, you cannot hit that mark. You cannot hit that bullseye if you're selfish, if you're self-seeking. So that's the instructions this morning. Meg's going to play some music. I'm going to be quiet and let you just have a moment of prayer. Talk to God on your own. If there's anything you need to confess, do that at the beginning of this year. Say, Lord, I want to come into this year with clean hands and a clean heart and a pure mind. Get right with God, talk with Him, and we'll come back together in a moment. Corinthians 11 and verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. 
So, Father, we come to you now and thank you for the, the body that was broken on the cross, that Jesus' body was for us, given to us. And we're thankful that he loved us, that you loved us. Your plan was to send your son from the throne of heaven to a manger in Bethlehem, that he would grow to be like us in every way except for sin, that he lived a pure life, and that in every way he knows what we go through. We have a a God who has been with us. And Father, we're thankful that Jesus died for us. It goes on to say, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same way also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So Father, we come to you now thanking you for this juice represents the blood of Jesus. And Father, we're convinced that scripture is correct when it tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So Father, we're thankful that Jesus died on the cross and that his blood was shed. And that blood ran over all the the list of the guilts, as Colossians tells us, the bill that was due that we owed. And that blood took that bill and canceled it. Father, we don't deserve that. We thank you for Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, the propitiation, God, the full satisfaction. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do it as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then it says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Amen and amen. I pray that's more than just a religious act for you, but it is something that we do on a regular basis to remind us. We need to be reminded of the gospel over and over again. Gospel urgency. I thought of everything except for my clicker. I don't know where the clicker ended up at. Who knows where the clicker is? That's, we, we, I kind of started taking care of Christmas decoration. Notice some of the stuff is gone. I started working on it. I thought, you know what? There's more here than I could do by myself. So we're going to invite you to come on Tuesday night. Anybody that wants to come help Tuesday, 6.30. We've got all this to take down and, and put away. Everything's got to be put away in the proper place. And let me see, which one is this? Is that the right one? Wow, it ended up in the back. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. I'm sorry. I, oh, that was an overlook on my part. I thought I'd gotten everything I needed. Well, Happy New Year, 2023. There we go. Our motto, and again, this morning, if you walked in late, the state of the church address is simply my opportunity just to remind us who we are, what we're doing, and why. And again, if you're hoping to get wowed, uh, some people go to other churches and they hear their plans and see their schemes and stuff and they get excited. And that's great. Uh, I'm excited for all churches' effectiveness. Uh, but you need to know something you can be uh, happy about and content about is Oakwood is steady. 
we don't stray from what we believe is God's mission for us. And I want to explain what that is, but I'm going to give it to you in, in, in order today. And we start with our motto. It's on the wall on the other side of this wall. Hopefully you know it. I want it to be in your head. Uh, everywhere you go, you say, if somebody says, tell me about Oakwood, your first thing out of your mouth should be, well, we're growing a great family. Grounded in faith, guided by grace, going in love. And, and those three things aren't just three G's. You know, uh, it's not just cute. Uh, it really is important things. Grounded in faith. What you need to know and be able to tell other people is Oakwood preaches God's word. And that is what we do and what we're all about. We're not going to be preaching out of the New York Times uh, front page. We're not going to be teaching out of the, the, the latest, greatest thing that comes up. We're, we're going through the Bible. Uh, I've been here, this is my eighth year, and we started by going from Genesis to Revelation. Chronologically, we went through the whole Bible. Now we're going back and taking more time over certain segments. And so we're grounded in faith, guided by grace. And that little phrase sounds so simple, but it's really hard. To be grounded or to be guided by grace. Grace is always trying to think the best of somebody else. It's so easy today to always think the worst. Did, did you hear within minutes of Michigan losing the game? Did you, did you see that the SEC crew, that the head of the SEC crew that was refing graduated from Ohio State? That came out right away. And of course, people love that. They throw that out there and like, see, we knew it. They're out to get us. Have you ever, has anybody ever seen of this thing called Facebook? Anybody? Instagram, anybody? And did, did you see it happen yesterday? I mean, it was fun. When, when the games were kind of over, I'm like, oh, I just want to go see what people are saying. And it's like I turned it on, my phone was like, <sighs> caught on fire. Because we love, we love to think the worst of somebody. I mean, it just comes naturally to us. We assume that they're out to get us, right? We assume that everybody's uh, uh, got bad motives. And in the church, it's a kingdom upside down. You got to flip it all upside down. We're told to be a kingdom upside down. We're told to treat other people with grace. We always want to think the best of other people and expect the best from them. And so grace is hard, but it's essential. And then going in love. Uh, You already got a challenge from one of our missionaries today. Do you know that you're not called to be in Africa? Do you know that you're not called to go to Indonesia? Do you know? Because you are called Every one of us as a servant of God is called. So do you know where you're supposed to be going? You're either going, going, or you're staying going, but y'all are going. Nobody gets to just sit. You're like, oh, I don't go. I'm glad we sent him because he can go. No, he's going. David and Dana are going, but you're going. Your going just happens to be local, right? Global missions is what we're all about. Globally and locally, wherever you're called, Go. And so that is our motto in, in the briefest way of who Oakwood is. And then today, briefly, I just want to touch on that. This mission, all right, that was our motto. What's our mission? You understand the difference between mission and vision, right? Uh, mission does not change. That's what I'm here to, to tell you today. Our mission will never change. A mission is given by God. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Let's take some time to read that. Matthew 22. Put on my glasses so I can see. Let's read this text today. Matthew 22. Thirty-seven through forty. 
Finally, he sent his son to them saying, they will, did I mean the right one? Nope, 22, 37. I got it. All right. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. We've talked about something here at, at Oakwood called the uh, GC squared, the great commission and the great command. The great command is, is what we just heard here. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the command. The great commission is go into all the world and what? Make disciples, teaching them to observe all things. So that is uh, the great commission. Those th- two things together create what God gave every church in every location in all times. What I'm talking about is an absolute truth. Everybody say absolute. absolute. Absolute truth means what's true for all people at all times at all locations. You cannot say this doesn't apply to me because I live in Zimbabwe. No. You can't say, well, this, that mission doesn't, I, I live in Philadelphia. No, no. This, what I'm preaching this morning, is Oakwood's mission because it's every church's mission. And it never changes because it's given by God. What is it? Is the call there to go? I've taught you this so many times. The call in that passage is not to go. The, the go there is no duh. You're in a room upstairs. The doors are shut. You can't live here forever. So when you go, here's what you're supposed to do because all y'all are going. Everybody say go. That go is a, is a, is a global call. You, y'all can't just sit and do nothing. Go, and in your going, what are you supposed to do? I don't want to just jump up and down as a cheerleader today and get y'all excited to go because y'all run outside going, what are we doing? We're going, but we don't know where we're going. We're going, but we don't know what we're doing. So go really is not the imperative. The imperative in the passage is go and make disciples. This is what every church is called to do. Make disciples, not make decisions, not make baptism candidates. Go and make disciples. This is the mission for everybody at all times and all. It won't change. In 2055, Lord willing, if anybody's still around, this is what they should be doing. Making disciples. That's the what. And it does not change. Again, that's why it's absolute. It's absolute. So how do we do this? The what is mission. The how is vision. Every church needs to have a vision of how they're going to accomplish the goal, the task of making disciples. That, my friends, and it's what you were saying, Dave, earlier, uh, that looks differently. That might look differently. The vision looks different in Philadelphia downtown than it does in Oakwood in the country. It's just going to look different. I'm sure it looks different in Switzerland than it does in Africa. It looks different. The mission never changes, but how do you accomplish it where you're at? That is vision. So in order to reach our mission, number one, we've got to know what a disciple is. Amen. Make disciples. What's a disciple? If, if I told you, Oakwood, this year we're going to make widgets. That's what we're going to make. We're going to make widgets and let's make a thousand widgets. You'd be like, woohoo, let's go make widgets. What's a widget? Right? There is a thing called a widget, right? You know what a widget is? I remember, I, I think Margaret and I were talking about this. I said, we need a, a widget, Margaret. She's like, what's a widget? That's a little thing with a razor blade in it, right? And then, isn't that what a widget is? 
No? See, this is why somebody's got to stand up and say what a disciple is. Because all y'all are like, yeah, make disciples. Woo! We're going to make disciples. What's the disciple? What's the disciple? Well, I've heard a disciple is this, or I heard a disciple is this. Let's just be very clear today. A disciple is a student and follower of Jesus. And it's a process. You never arrive. One thing you need to know today is this process never ends for anybody. We are making disciples, and those disciples are going to be in discipleship their whole lifetime. You don't get a certificate and graduate and say, I'm there now. And so now I'll disciple everybody else because I am, I have arrived. It's a lifelong process of following Jesus, growing in a relationship with Jesus, and then we're all in it. Some people aren't. We call them pre-Christians. <laughs> and they, they need to hear about Jesus and come to a relationship with Jesus and then start a, a, a lifetime process of discipleship. So this process of discipleship, I've, I've tried to, to figure out this year how I can say it in a way that we can use it for a year. What are we going to focus on? Are we going to be really fancy? I'm going to tell you very clearly. What is this year all about? This year is about being faithful to the mission continue to be steady and continue to move forward and then succeed in these three areas. Intentional, by the way, let's not skip that word. Everybody say intentional. Discipleship, by the way, doesn't just happen accidentally. Discipleship needs to be intentional. To make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. By the way, Jesus did never teach a a, a method of addition. It's always multiplication. It's not the pastor's job to go make a bunch of disciples and, and that's the, pro- no, the process is every disciple makes disciples who makes disciples. It's multiplication. Make a disciple who make a disciple who make a disciple. So it's intentional, number one, but it's gathering together. It's growing deep and it's going wide. Those are the three things I want to do. And of course, you know, come on, there's three G's, all right? So we're already grounded in faith, guided by grace and going in love. Now, pastor this year wants to say our focus at Oakwood is going to be gathering, growing, and going. Gather, growing, going. The gathering thing should be a no-duh, but it's not anymore. COVID changed everything, right? Uh, Almost like a reset button happened on how people do church, And uh, I think it's okay for pastors to get up and tell everybody, let me just encourage you, we need to gather together. We need to gather together. There's something very special about being together and growing with one another. It's hard to do that alone at home. You've got incredible resources where you can watch everybody in the world. That's the greatest pastor in the world. But it's hard to grow as a disciple on your own. The Christian life was never meant to be a solo act. You know, I hear guys, guys say this all the time. I don't need to go to church. I'm, I'm with the Lord in the woods in my hunting stand. That's where I can be. Well, that's great. I'm glad you like that. And you can enjoy that, but that's not God's plan. He wants you to gather together with other Christians. We learn from other Christians, but we also encourage other Christians we, we challenge other Christians and their growth. We, there's a lot of things that happen when we gather together. We need each other. Amen? Can anybody say you agree with me this morning? We need each other. Now, I'm talking to the choir because you showed up on January 1st. Y'all are good. good. Good people. I'm glad you're here this morning. But we need to continually make it a habit of gathering together. 
The second one is growing deep. That is the discipleship process. How do you plan on growing deep in 2023? Do you have a plan? Let me tell you again, and I think I tell you this every year. If your plan is, step one, gather together, and that's your plan, it's not enough. Gathering together is a simple step. It should be a no doubt. I need to be with my my fellow Christians, right? And we're going to talk about what we're going to do when we gather together. That's part of my message today. But that's not it. If your plan for growing deep this year only involves showing up on Sundays, it's not going to happen. It's not. I'm not diminishing what I'm doing because I work really hard to preach for you guys and I can give you some stuff and I hear people say every time I come I learn. That's great, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Let the pastor be the first to tell you. I am not enough on a Sunday to grow you as a disciple. It takes more than that. So what's your plan for growing deep? I'm going to give you some options this morning. It's coming. Then going wide. It's not enough that we gather together and have church. It's not enough that we grow spiritually. It's like a pond or a a body of water that has no inlet or an outlet. What happens to water that sits that doesn't have any source of new water or an outlet for old water? What happens to it? Ugly, stinky, not good, a stagnant water. But have you ever been on on a beautiful lake in Michigan that's spring fed? And it has an outlet and it goes out. And that water, you can see all the way down. Have you ever been at a lake in Michigan and you're like, this is the cleanest lake in the world. I can see all the way down to my feet. This is, I love that kind of, man, effectiveness, effectiveness. So it it involves all three of these things. It's important that we gather together, but we also got to grow deep, but we also got to do something with that. Flex those muscles and do something with our spiritual life. And that is going wide, going wide. Again, we're sending people really wide. Woo! That's a wide, wide stretch. And we're sending people wide. That's great. We're part of that. But we also go where our reach is. Where's your reach? Who do you work with? Who do you touch every week? Who do you come in contact with? Who are you communicating with? Go wide. Go wide with your Christian life. That's the three things for this year. So let me just take you through Oakwood, or specifically. So... Podcar. Everybody say Podcar. P-O-D-C-A-R. Now I'm going to start demanding you get this tattooed on your side arm here if you don't learn this, okay? It's got to be somewhere you know it. What's our motto? Somebody tell me what our motto is. Growing a great... You guys started doing Podcar. I said motto. Motto is growing a great family, grounded in, guided by, going in, Podcar is our mission. Again, the mission doesn't change. I'm not saying every church has to have this mission statement, but their mission statement ought to reflect God's mission. And ours does. Right in the first words, to multiply Christ-like disciples. Now that's a great statement in itself, but then we want to define that. Who are? Everybody say, who are? To multiply Christ-like disciples who are passionate about their God, obedient to God's word, dependent on God through prayer, connected to one another, authentic and relevant in their witness. Do you see gathering together, growing deep, going wide in our statement? You should. It's there. Passionate about their God. Come and gather with us and share with others your passion about your God. We should sing and worship together 
as a church. We should give as an act of worship at our church. We should serve as an act of worship at our church. Why? Because we're passionate about our God. And we're obedient to his word. That's part of growing deep. Are you obedient to God? Ask yourself that question. Not do you know what God says, but are you doing what God says? Obedient to his word, dependent on God through prayer, connected to one another, and then authentic and relevant in our witness. Those are, that is Oakwood's mission state. I challenge you to learn these things and to be able to say them at a moment's notice. You should, uh, uh, it would be great if you got a label and put it on the front cover of your Bible to remind yourself of our motto and our mission. Know it. And then, so how do we do this in all areas? Let me do this quickly today. Our, we should be on mission. Everybody say on mission. On mission in our preaching. Here's where I plan on going this year. The book of Romans. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know. We haven't finished the book of Romans yet, right? We're only in chapter eight. We got a lot to do still in Romans. We'll be in Romans, but here's the good news for everybody. Relax. We're going to finish the book of Romans this year. Amen. We're going to get it done. We are. And I'm actually even going to preach 9 through 11. How about that, Dave? It's going to be fun. We're going to preach Romans 9 through 11. We're going to preach the whole thing. We're going to finish the book of Romans. It will be interspersed though, right? Because you know I have ADD, so we got to do some other things. So at Easter, we're going to preach through the implications of Easter. Our Easter messages are going to be a four-part series starting before Easter. The last message is on Easter. So we're going to be encouraging you to invite people to Oakwood before Easter and tell them, hey, come, come now so that on Easter Sunday you can hear the last message. But we're going to encourage people to come for that. And I'm going to preach uh, problematic passages in June and July. Have you ever just wanted somebody, those hard passages that are like, what is this all about? And I don't think this sounds right. And we're going to preach through a couple of those in June and July. And then we're going to go back to a book. We're going to do the book of Habakkuk because Pastor Don loves to grab that weird, obscure, remember what we Anybody remember what we preached last year? That was a hard book, right? Nahum. Book of Habakkuk this year in August. And then we're going to start the book of Ephesians in the fall. And when I say fall, you realize that's going to be longer than a four-week series. Ephesians is going to take some time as well. But in throughout all that, we will finish the book of Romans. That's where we're going this year. I'm excited about that. We want to be on mission in our preaching. And then we, we're on mission on our family night. So that mission on preaching is Sunday morning. And then our on mission family night, that's our Wednesday night. What is this? It's, it starts at 5.30 on a Wednesday. There's a free meal. And at 6 o'clock, two things happen. The adults go to equipping groups. If you're serious about growing deep, I encourage you to come on Wednesdays. I did part one of experiencing God. Uh, wait, experiencing God? Yeah, experiencing God. I did part one, six weeks. I'm going to do part two. You don't have to have part one to do part two. We'll continue to do these experiencing God, but we encourage you to come. There'll be other options. I don't know what the other options are yet, but there'll be other options. And while the adults go to equipping groups, the children have... I know what it is. I'm just can't get the thing to come up. Treehouse. Everybody's helping me out. It is treehouse. So there's an adult component and a children's component. We break our separate ways at six o'clock. And so there's something for everybody to grow deep midweek. And these happen a couple of times a year. They don't happen every Wednesday night, but we do them in sessions. You'll hear all about them. On missions connection. How do I connect in our mission statement, podcar? 
passionate about their God, obedient to His Word, dependent on God through prayer, connected to one another. Let's say that one together. Connected to one another. Say it again. Connected to one another. How do you do that at Oakwood? We urge you to join a small group. Has anybody tried to join a small group and haven't had much success yet? Go ahead and raise your hand. Tell us. Yeah. We know that right now that can be challenging. We only have so many small groups and uh, they're full. A lot of them are full. But we're a church that says you need to be in a small group. How are we going to fix that dilemma, right? It's okay. Let's go back to the widgets. Our whole purpose is to produce widgets, right? But we can't produce many more widgets because we don't have capacity. We got to do something, right? So here's what we're going to do. You'll hear about it later. We, one of the first primary tasks of the new ministry position we're going to hire this year is small groups. We need somebody that can come and not only lead our small groups, but push our small groups out further. And that requires a lot of time and effort. We need to train small group leaders. We need to get curriculum that works and we need to be on the same page. And and there's a lot that needs to be done. We would love to plug every one of you in a small group, but honestly, right now that is difficult. We hope to fix that. But we encourage you to get in a small group or start one. So what if you want to today, if you're like, I want to be in a small group, I want to have this connection. Well, then how do you get started? Let me tell you. Step one, go to the Oak. If you don't know what the Oak is, uh, it's the kiosk on your way out these doors. It's the kiosk you see across. So when you're leaving church, the Oak is right in front of you. Go to the Oak and there should be somebody there. You can walk up and say, I really want to be in a small group. If you're interested in and you tell us that, we will try everything we can to find something that fits. We'll work on that. If you don't stop at the Yoke, you can use that app. Uh, We have a church app. Our goal today was to uh, do a video on how to use the app, but it didn't happen this morning. So hopefully in the, the new year, we'll send that out to you so you can know how to use the church app. On the church app, you can ask for things like, I'd like to be in a small group. If none of that works for you, contact the church office. Uh, Tuesday through Friday, 9 to 5, you can show up, or you can call, or you can email. All of those things are your step in order to get connected in a small group. Now let's just put the put it to the test. How many of you are currently in a small group at Oakwood? Not a bad percentage of people who are attending. We would like to grow that. We don't want to be a church that has small groups. We'd like to be a church of small groups. Everybody has a connection point. So on mission connection, that's Oakwood's plan and Oakwood's goal. On mission serving, ministry positions. Would you like to be serving? From leader to helper, we will train and equip you for success. So let's go through these. What does Oakwood have that I could... And by the way, we did this last year and we picked up so many new servants and it's been wonderful training new people and seeing them in action. So let's go through the list. What can I do at Oakwood? Well, there's child care. And there's a little asterisk there. When you see a little asterisk there, I should probably say what that's about. We don't just let anybody who wants to go into the the nursery. You definitely have to do a child background check and you got to make an application. And so that's what that asterisk is about, okay? So child care, we need people. That's our upstairs uh, nursery right through that wall. Um, Infant through kindergarten. 
We have Sunshine Park, K through fifth grade. They meet downstairs, asterisk. Once again, if you work with anybody under the age of 18, there is a background check that must be done, an application process. Uh, and how do I get that? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you at the end, but it's going to be the same. Go to the Oak, go to the app, go to the office. Okay. All right. Treehouse ministry. That is a beautiful thing. We need people in childcare in Sunshine Park to be steady. Like say, I'm in, and then you get in on a rotation, and you're always serving on and off, on and off, on and off. And there's a, there's a detailed rotation. But then there's Treehouse, which only happens in six-week sessions. So you only sign up for a six-week chunk. You say, you know what? I do have time for this six weeks to serve. I'll jump in. And you're not saying you're always going to be on the treehouse staff. You're just in for that six-week session. So again, asterisk, you've got to apply. You've got to do the child background check. Student ministries is sixth grade through twelfth. Pastor Ben needs people that are willing to work with young people. Again, application, um, all the same things apply to that because we have students in their 18 and under. Uh, and then we move into things like women's ministry or one heart women's ministry. Melissa is our head of that. She also is in the office. So if you call to get involved with the women's ministry and you call the office, bada boom, bada bing, you're right there. You got the source. Women's ministry. They just had an incredible Christmas event. That was great. Men's ministry. Uh, we don't currently have anybody in charge of that. We're looking for somebody who would have a heart for that or a team of guys to have a heart for that. But we do things like bacon and Bible. We did go to Barakel this past fall. Had a good time there. Uh, men's ministry. And Celebrate Recovery happens every Monday night. And we support that. And people from Oakwood actually lead that. If you're interested in what is that about, uh, we encourage you, anybody can come and participate but I'm sure there's also room for people to help in that ministry as well. Dave Phillips is here today, and he's in charge of our Celebrate Recovery ministry. There's People Feeding People. The second Saturday of every month, we, Oakwood, is in charge of serving food. We do that down at Oxford United Methodist in, on Burdick Street, downtown Oxford. And what we've done is we take our small groups and ministries, and they rotate. So that's how we take care of every one of those Saturdays. But I leave two open Saturdays, which means you don't have to be in a small group or uh, attend a, uh, one of those ministries. You can just say, I'll volunteer for that Saturday. There's two of those a year. So anybody can serve in that. Let's see. The next one would be, it's not working for me all the time here, so I might need help from the back. There we go. Grief share. We believe in grief share, we've had grief share. Our problem is once again manpower. Uh, we don't currently have anybody who is willing to actually run that. We're looking for people who have a heart for that, but it is a powerful ministry of helping people through the grief process. And that's a 13 week, am I right, Julie? Is that 13 week? It's a 13 week grief share program, uh, but you have to actually go through it and then learn how to run it in order to be a part of that. If you're interested in that, we'd love to have you talk to us about that. Our SOS ministry, Serving Our Savior, currently needing a, a leader of that ministry to oversee a team of people. And that's typically four big events a year that Oakwood gathers together to go and do. We've done things like the horse, uh, uh, what, what was the place we went to? 
Banbury Cross. We went to Banbury Cross, a therapeutic writing center. We help them with all sorts of tasks. Um, there's things we do in people's homes, uh, but it's a way to gather together. The idea is from young to old, so families can come together and go serve. We went out to the National Cemetery once and cleaned the, the headstones with thousands of people. That was really cool. So we're looking for somebody who would have a heart to lead that ministry for us, the team. We have a friendship team. Hopefully when you walk in, um, I've heard this from so many people that uh, Oakwood's a friendly church. You come in and somebody's welcoming you. I, I, I usually try to get out to the door and, and the greeters are always a hoot. Uh, so I always love that. Um, and by the way, I, that makes me think of Doug. Be praying for Doug and Pat. Both are, are really ill, so we need to be praying for them. But I love that Doug comes and sits in a chair on his Sunday and greets people. I love that. There's a spot for anybody on that friendship team. If you want to help people uh, feel comfortable at this church and feel welcomed at this church, we have a spot for you to do that. You know who's really good at that? People who are new to a church. Because you know what it feels like to walk in. Remember, uh, some of y'all been coming forever, right? You've been at Oakwood. You probably were giving your tithe when Dave got his first check, right? A long time ago. Uh, and you're like, you're so used to it. You walk in this place like you own it, right? So you don't remember what it feels like to walk in and not know anybody and not know where anything is at. Um, if you want to have fun, Oakwood, stand in the back corner of the, the lobby on a Sunday and watch new people walk in. I mean, I've put up signage. I've tried my best. We put the new welcome kiosk in your face, like when you walk in the door, because I literally have seen people walk into our church for the first time and they head out the door to the right. I'm like, there's nothing down there. (laughs) Where are you going? They don't know. They don't know. We got to have somebody there to help them. Like, do you have children? Here's where the children go. And here's where you can go and have some coffee. And we need people to greet people. Our music worship team, the people you usually see on Sundays, that is skilled. We probably should have an asterisk there. You know, how do you say that nicely? We love y'all, but not all you're going to be on that team. All right. We love y'all. And, and everybody's in the band. Remember that. We teach that because we're not a band for you guys to be entertained by. We're leading you. The audience is an audience of one. So y'all are in the band, but not all you can be on stage. And all you aren't going to get a microphone, okay? So there does need to be some skill in that area. And I just want to point this out real quick because I have an opportunity today. Um, so many people can sing. We understand that. But we're looking for key things in singing. People need to be able to sing harmony and, and less and less and less of y'all grew up in the church and less and less and less people know how to sing harmony. We have plenty of people that sing the melody. That's the song that you sing, right? But we need, we're looking for people to do parts. So some of y'all are like, well, I, I could do that. I could do, well, it does involve a tryout. You have to, to sing for us and make sure that we can work with you and, and we, it, we, we're not opposed to growing you, but you have to be able to sing on tune and you got to be able to sing harmony. And then the skilled positions like guitar and, and bass and drums and keyboard, we're always looking for more people. Uh, I don't see Rusty here today, but do you guys realize that Rusty pretty much plays the bass almost every Sunday? He doesn't get much of a break. Alex coming back, he'll be doing some of those, but we ought to be thankful for somebody who's that faithful all the time. But he could use help. And he's told me over and over again, he's willing to teach somebody. If you've got a young person in your house that wants to learn how to play bass or guitar, let us know because Rusty would love to grow them up, right? Colton, who plays our drums, was brought up by, by uh, my friend right there. He, he, what, 12 years old? 
right? 12 years old, you grabbed Colton and said, let's go, boy, and, and trained him up. So we, we're willing to do that. We're willing to do that. So that's the worship team. Then there's the worship tech team. Those are the people in the back that, that do all the stuff on the screens. We can teach you that, okay? We can teach you that. And we would love to have teenagers. Teenagers love computers and pushing buttons, right, parents? Do you have a kid who loves to push your buttons? Put them on our tech team. We let them push buttons, okay? Uh, and then the next thing on the worship tech team would be a video team, the people that do all the, the video stuff. We could use more people that are willing to run cameras. We'll teach you all of that. And then there's something different. I make the, the uh, how do you, you break it apart? We've always had a hard time with this because the word technology. When we say worship tech teams, they're running computers back there, but we also have a technology team, and that's broader technology throughout the whole church. So if you work in a job where your job is IT and tech stuff, we could use you. We have a whole team that have done incredible things in this past year, helping us with our technology here at Oakwood. Not just here, not just what you see on a Sunday, but church-wide. How many, Mark, how many computers do we have in this building? Do you have any idea closely? About 25 computers, right? And each one of them are annoying, aren't they? And they want updated, and they need touching, and they need caressing. And, and so we need people that can, uh, uh, computer whispers. We need you to help our computers. Uh, safety team. Here's an asterisk. Uh, safety team is something that, it's, it's, it's really something we encourage you, if you're interested, to let us know. But we don't just take anybody on the safety team. That is a very uh, select team that we vet that we choose. So if you want to be on the safety team, by all means, let us know you're willing, but that doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be placed on that team. Uh, there's a lot of issues when it comes to our safety team, and it's a crazy world, amen? So we've got to be as harmless as a, but I was going to say harmless as a snake. That's not right. As wise as snakes and harmless as doves, right? So that just involves some real uh, finessing there. So we can put you in touch with the people that are on the safety team, but they'll definitely have to be the ones that make the decision whether you're a fit right now for that. But we definitely need people in that team. The cafe team, we were training some people today. It was exciting to see. Uh, the cafe team makes the coffee and just is another kind of a part of the friendship team, actually. I mean, they're, they're welcoming people. And so you get to do both. Make coffee, juice from heaven, and greet people and be their first touch at Oakwood. So cafe team, we could use more people on that rotation. And then we've got uh, the CARES team. CARES team uh, does so many things from sending out cards to people um, to um, contacting people to providing meals for funerals. Uh, Oakwood does a wonderful job of stepping up for families when they're in a need. Uh, they don't, sometimes families don't even know how they're going to get through a, a tragedy. And then Oakwood says, listen, you don't, you don't even need to think about the food. We got that covered. We got that. And, and it's just a big relief for people. So our CARES team does a wonderful job. Provides meals to people's homes if we know about them. Uh, please, I would say that too today. If you, uh, if, if somebody in your family is in the hospital and you could use a hand at home, like some meals done, you got to let us know. If we're aware of it, our CARES team is phenomenal. Actually, they're a little over phenomenal. You'll end up with food that you got to put in the freezer and store forever because you, so much comes, so much, but they're wonderful. And then two teams that are also asterisks. These are not just, I want to be on them, so you are. Our deacon team and elder team, those are the only two uh, positions that actually are voted on by the, the church, right? Uh, so if, if you're interested in becoming a deacon or an elder, 
letting us know could help, uh, put you on the radar for us. But then we put a slate of people out uh, each June, June, um, and then you'll hear about that slate and you can either vote up or down on, on those people. Uh, we try to let you know who they are. There's a little thing they fill out so you get to know who they are. Uh, but deacons and elders are kind of approved by the congregation. There's a lot of things there. Oakwood takes a lot of people. I think the number was around 75 people are serving on Sunday, each Sunday, 75 people. And that's not the people that are sitting in here. So it takes a lot of people to do two services. And again, our philosophy at Oakwood is we don't want you to come and just serve. We want you to sit and soak so you got to come and sit in one of the services and then serve in another service. So that is the dream, is if you're coming and you're serving in children's ministry at 11, you should be here at 9, soaking the Word and then serving at 11. That would be awesome. We encourage you to sit and soak and serve. Okay, that is our philosophy. And because of that, we also have a rotation of A, B, C, D teams. A, B, C, D teams. So let's say you want to serve in the nursery, but you're on the worship team. It's a lot of headache, but we try to make it so that if you're on A, that you serve on C on worship. So it's a lot of headache. So we're also praying for that person who's going to come to serve at our church is very organized. We need an administrator that likes flowcharts. Can I just say I hate flowcharts? I think Excel came from Satan. I do. I just think it did. I I, I play on Excel sometimes, and I'm like, this is evil. It's something not right about it. So anyways, we need somebody who actually will redeem that. Mission serving, uh, that's what we're encouraging. How do I do? What do I do? How do I serve? Pastor, I, you're, you're telling me there's needs. Go ahead and click the button for me. It's just, it might be a, a battery issue. Get involved. We want you to get involved. Next thing. How do I get started? Next thing. Well, it's going to be the same. Go to the Oak. Everybody say Oak. Go to the app, say app. Go to the office, say office. <laughs> Those are the three ways you can actually connect with us. Uh, the things that you, if you go to the Oak, the office is going to get that information. If you go to the app, the office gets that information. You go to the office, the office gets that information. So you will get to the right spot any one of those three ways. And we encourage you to be serving. So on mission giving, how are we doing as a church? With this, uh, I invite Jim Bongiorno to come and share with us how we're doing financially. I think it's good once a year to get a financial picture of what's happening at Oakwood. It's not working? No, I don't think it is. You can try. Maybe, you, you, maybe you'll be luckier than I am. Okay, well, um, obviously, all the things we've just spoken about take money, right? In order to uh, give to missions, in order to support the building, and to do all those things. So, um, as you can see, we put together every year a new budget. We put a financial team together in order to do that, and uh, they serve for one year, and most of them have come back. We've got a great team uh, um, that does that each year, and last year, our budget was raised, believe it or not, approximately 9% um, because of the things that uh, we look to do uh, to meet our mission, right? So... Uh, they raised that, and on our monthly budget now is fifty-five, almost fifty-five thousand dollars. And uh, of course, our fiscal year is uh, June, to, or actually July first to June. And um, so, right now, uh, our year-to-day budget three twenty-nine. Our average giving has been fifty-three. You can see we're slightly behind, um, but we're, we're approximately nine percent behind budget right now. 
Not bad, actually. Uh, we were about the same last year. Could you flip that for me? There, that's just a picture of every year we slightly raise the budget, and every year we drag slightly behind that in our giving. <laughs> it's just what we do. All right. The good news, there are some good news. Uh, last year, our target was to try to pay off our church building. We took this, uh, actually, the original um, uh, mortgage out in 2022, or 02, right? So 20 years ago. And uh, we were making 6000 a month payments. And our maturity rate was going to be 23, but we paid it off last year. Our balance was 72000 and it's completely paid off. That's exciting. And what we did with that, because we bought the home and that property right behind us, we decided to take uh, that monthly payment that we were making, 1100 add to it the monthly uh, payment that we were paying on the original mortgage, and temporarily, because we don't have an associate pastor, while we're doing the search, we're taking that money, because it's all budgeted, and been paying this off. So our balance last year was 90,491. Uh, maturity rate wasn't going to be till 29, and we are at $25,000 and we're going to pay that off. We're going to pay that off in February. February. In February this year, that will be paid off and we will be debt-free. That's pretty exciting. So I get to say the good news. That was the good news. That it... Good. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, that's exciting. And, and where's the wall? Remember, I, we had the wall. We, we did great. You guys as a church, you really did great with the wall. As you can see, we weren't supposed to pay off that loan to 29, and we're going to have that paid off in 23. The question is, is it going to be March? Is it going to be February? Could it be possibly in January? Um, we just ask you if you still um, are willing to and have the capacity to give over and above uh, the wall. You could still give to that in the drop-down box and online giving. Give to the wall. All of that money goes to pay off that last look. We're so close. And uh, I get excited as a pastor. This has been a long-term goal of mine to get these debts paid off so that, everybody say so that, so that we can look to the future, what needs to be happening. And so with that, I get to give some exciting news. Here is, as of this Friday, the Oakwood Cares offering. Don't give it yet. Oh, she gave it. Yay! 30000 <laughs> That was an incredible, incredible uh, thing. We're, we're excited about that. Our goal every year is a $20,000 offering to keep Oakwood Cares going. Every year we don't spend all of the 20000 so there is carryover, and sometimes that, that grows to be really significant, but uh, sometimes we use a lot of it when the needs are there. Oakwood Cares goes to help our community. This is not the Benevolent Fund. The Benevolent Fund takes care of the needs inside our church, but if we hear somebody has a fire and they need immediate help, we can put them in a hotel for a week. We can help that family with clothing. If we hear of a need, a medical bill need, in a situ- we can help, and we love to do that. It's one of my favorite things as a pastor, this Oakwood Cares Fund, that we have money to just help people immediately, right? We work with um, Love, Inc., people's long-term needs. We, we can't sustain a long-term need, but we can help them in the short run and work with Love, Inc. to get them help 
long term. So we believe we're doing what we need to be doing. And that was a big jump because this morning when I put the numbers in, it was only 20,000. So another $10,000 came in that I was unaware of. So thank you, church. We did get a large uh, $10,000 check. So just so you guys know, uh, you did meet the goal. You met the $20,000 goal plus that, that wonderful gift over top of that. So again, praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't that exciting? Praise the Lord. He's doing great things. We're excited about that. So what are our goals? I'm not going to shock you this year. Uh, capacity is important. And to be very honest with you, we've been a year now without an associate pastor. We're doing okay, but our capacity isn't what we want it to be. Um, I, You know that I can't do all these things. I've already declared Excel is of the devil. So you know that I'm not going to be printing out spreadsheets for things. And so we only have capacity to do what we have capacity to do right now. And so with that, we're being very realistic with our goals. Um, honestly, the, the first goal set is a simple one. Let's pay off that loan, okay? We're $25,000 from being paid off. Let's get that done and in, in, in the past. And then we'll just thank the Lord when we're completely there. Um, and then uh, we'll be careful with that money. We'll, we'll be watching that money. We uh, Problem is, with money that isn't allocated, you know, where does it go? It goes quick, right? So we, we'll be careful with that. But let's pay off that loan and be done with that. Second, let's hire a ministries pastor. It's been a year now. Uh, I've told our elders uh, from before Pastor Shane left, I actually told them, slow down, slow down. And they were ready, like, we need somebody. Pastor Don, we don't want to kill you. I know, thank you, I love you, you love me, that's great. But you don't go and hire a pastor right away. Sometimes, it, I told them, I told them from the get-go, it wasn't going to be in the first year. I said, we're not going to go fast, we're going to go slow. And now we're past that year, Mark, it's time to get serious. Uh, just so you know, we're serious about that. We've done some work on working toward what does that job look like. When we started putting it on paper, everything we needed that person to do, we realized that was a mammoth job. And so uh, it's something we need to work on to pare down. Uh, but we do know that we're looking for somebody who can lead the small groups. We lo- we're looking for somebody who can administrate all of our ministries. Uh, I love what Oakwood does, but all those ministries... And like I just explained, that A team and B team, and they serve here, that's like, again, that's Excel, that's of the devil. So I, I don't get that. We need somebody who actually can get that. But we also need somebody who can not only keep our ministries going, but then help them flourish. We want to just, we want to stop just getting by. And we want to go to the next level where we're going further. And so we need that ministries pastor who's got an administrative mindset uh, and a ministry passion to help our ministries be successful, training our directors, training our leaders, setting them free to do effective work. Uh, But we need this ministries pastor. Those are the two big jobs we know of. Uh, Small groups, all of our ministries. And then we want them to also help us. Part of that small groups means discipleship, so a discipleship plan church-wide. But that's a big task, and we hope to do that this year. We haven't given up on, on Service Park. Uh, COVID was awful. It really uh, stopped us from doing much. Uh, but we need to initiate Service Park. What does initiate mean? I looked a long time for a word. Initiate means in 2023, we need to take actual action toward it. We've been collecting money for Service Park, but it's time to actually get a plan on Blueprint and say this is what we're going to build and then start down the path. I think we as a church will be in a good place when we pay off the loans to say, we can do this with the monies that we currently have. We can do this. Let's get going. And so we want to build the, the kids' playground, the PB&J pavilion, honoring Pastor Bob and Janella, and some sports courts. All of this is service park 
can honor Pastor Bob. But it's a so that all of these things also help us in our community, right? To reach people and bring people in. So that's the so that there. And then I left this on there, although it's the bane of my existence. What is that? What is that like the white, the, the whale that the guy goes searching for? Moby Dick, right? This is Moby Dick for us. We've been talking about fixing our parking lot since I got here, right? Uh, I got here and my first thing I did was I sneak attacked an event that, that Oakwood used to have. So we came in the fall. I came in the dark. Nobody knew us except for Marty. And uh, Marty knew I was coming. I remember sitting at Adam's table, remember? And I remember walking through the parking lot thinking, oh, this will be quick. We need to fix this parking lot. It's the great white whale that won't go away. Um, and, but we have fixed it. I, I'm thankful that our parking lot this morning, I walked the parking lot and water was draining fairly well. Uh, but eventually, you as a church know we've got to do it, right? We've got to take the parking lot completely out, put down substructure and build the brand new parking lot because ours has cost us a lot more money than it should have just to be safe. So that's coming, but nobody's excited about it. Amen. We, I think every year we ought to just affirm nobody's exciting about a new parking lot. We don't want to, but sometimes there's things you've got to. And the parking lot has become one of those issues. But our first focus is paying off the loan. Second is hiring a ministry's pastors and then initiating service park. I pray that in the end of 2023, we can come back and tell you we've done these things. Whether or not the parking lot's done, I don't know. Uh, you do understand the parking lot we're talking about building is probably going to cost close to 750 to a million dollars. So that's why we haven't just, some people are like, why don't you just go do that? It's very expensive and it's expensive fun money that you don't want to spend, right? Nobody's excited about that. But when we have to, we're going to have to. But with all the other things, we, we're praying that we could be uh, effective in that. You know, parking lot, just, it's hard to say it's on mission, right? You know, where, where does that say that? In the book of Hesitation, thou shalt have a smooth lot. You know, it doesn't say anywhere. And so it's hard to make parking lot part of our on-goal mission, but um, it is something that you just, you need to do. We need to be safe. We need to protect people. We need to have a, a safe way to hear. But it's not our primary focus. We'll do it when we can, when we have to. But those other things we're excited about. We want to pay off that first loan. We want to hire a pastor who can come and help us get to the next level and then initiate service park. That's where we're at, friends. So with all that said, where are we going this year? Simple, right? Let's keep it simple. Our big idea is let's be a great family on mission. Again, the mission is let's make disciples. We can send people to the ends of the earth to make disciples and support them, but let's be making disciples here as well. So how do we do that? Here's our focus, simple and true. Gather, grow, go. Say it with me. Gather, grow, go. What are we asking you to do? We're asking you to be faithful and show up. We need you here. We need you. And not that we want you. I, like, we literally need you. So we ask you to be faithful. Gather. We want you to grow. Right now, we're telling you, we're not at our peak potential. We, we need to hire a ministries pastor who can help us with these things. But we're asking you to step up and take some ownership in your spiritual growth. Let us know how we can help you, and we'll try everything we can to help you. And then go. We want to be a church that doesn't just come together. We want to be a church that gets out of these walls and reaches people. You've done excellent with the Oakwood Cares offering. We're excited about our potential reach there. But how about we continue to do the things that we've done? Harvest Festival. 
We've, we saw a lot of new people come to the church uh, with our worship in the park, preaching and singing the Word of God out in the Oxford community. We love that. Let's continue to do those things and shine bright. Let's do the things we can do, want to do the things we're not capable yet of, and, and pray that God helps us be effective. With all that, let's close in prayer this morning and pray that God helps us. And uh, you're a big part of that. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this church. I'm thankful for the love that they show, the care, the faithfulness. There's so many people that serve and do so many things here at Oakwood, unrecognized, unheralded, yet they're faithful. God, I pray that Oakwood would be effective for you. God, we keep our focus right, that we'd be doing things about you and for you and of you. And God, that we don't, we're not trying to fly an Oakwood flag. We're not trying to become a mega church. We just want to be effective in what we're doing. So Lord, continue to bless like you have financially. God, help us to be global in our missions. Help us to keep our eye on, on, on what we can do to help your servants be effective out there on the field, but also here at home. Help, help us to have ways to reach people. And God, I pray that we would see more and more people baptized and come into membership like we've seen and then help them grow. God, it's been a great year for that. So many new people growing here at Oakwood. Help us to be effective and continue in that track. God, help us find a pastor who has a passion for ministry, who has the desire to, to, to roll the sleeves up and work hard at organizing and, and equipping our ministries for effectiveness. And God, help us to reach new things this, this coming year and the years to come. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me. All right, so no worship team today, but it is Communion Sunday, so you know what's coming, right? Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Happy New Year.